friends and fellow Buffy lovers, and welcome to our podcast, where we discuss each episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer in detail, focusing on digging deep into the themes, metaphors, and foreshadowing. I'm Leah. I'm Sarah. I'm Tabby. And this is Becoming Buffy. Hey guys, welcome back to Becoming Buffy. We are talking about season one, episode five, Never Kill a Boy on the First Date. Such a long title. Yeah, it is a long title. Yeah, it was actually longer ones. When exactly. I was like writing it out, I was oh my goodness, it's going to take up my whole page. It was actually going to be called Anointed One initially or the anointed mm, something I kind of like, like never kill a boy on a first date it yeah. kind of fits the vibe of the episode way more yep and this one I'm really excited to talk about it has some really funny lines yeah the theme is one that goes on for the rest of the show it's very yeah, one that we've already talked about too yeah it's just yep. a really really fun episode and I always forget about it every time I watch season one I'm like, yep. oh yeah and Owen. I would <laughs> like to point out that uh Giles carries this episode oh yeah he had like every single scene he was coming in i was like it's so laughing so hard Mm -hmm. like it's a lot of one like obviously like um giles has been one of the main characters but like i feel like this episode was when you really get to see like more of his sarcastic witty side like you've seen some of his one-liners but this episode was like chock full of just like funny giles moments he wasn't really in the last episode He's only there for information in mm-hmm. the library, and that was yeah. pretty yeah. much it. Well, in the, in the first two, it's the same thing. It's like yeah. he's mm-hmm. there for information. The one where we kind of saw more of his character was like the witch. The witch, yeah. Mm-hmm. So like these mm-hmm. two char- these two like episodes have kind of like gone into further depth about Giles, which I just yeah. loved. All right, so "Never Kill a Boy on the First Date" was written by Rob De Hotel. And Dean Batali, and I might be butchering their names, so I am sorry. And it's directed by David Semmel. The episode opens in the graveyard, and we see Buffy patrolling, as she likes to call it. Mm-hmm. I think this is the first time you really see them, quote unquote, like in the field, like getting mm-hmm. like field time, actively mm-hmm. like looking for vampires. Yeah, or like you, you'll talk about, or Giles will tell Buffy to go patrol. Mm-hmm. And you'll see her, like you saw the last episode, she's walking around by herself. Mm-hmm. But this is the first time you see Giles and Buffy both together and him, like, informing her what to do yeah. with her technique and um, just critiquing her. I think this is the first time you see him actually being a watcher yeah. in the, like, actual sense of yeah. training Buffy. Yeah. Well, you see and the you other see, side of a watcher in yeah. this episode. And you see pretty clearly, like, that, again, they both have very different ideas because, like, Buffy's all like, ooh, I'm going to kill him and then I'm going to have, like, this funny, you know, line and, like, you know, kind of draws it out. Whereas, like, um, Giles has that moment where he's just very, like, uh, steak, kill, steak, kill. Like, he's just yeah. very, like, uh, this is pork very... Te- pork technique, too bloody. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's just very funny. They have very differing ideas about most things. But, right. like, slang has always been... They've kind of differed, which is just... This is, like, a funny playing it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's, like... It takes too much time and energy. You need to just move on. And I think it's really fun because we haven't gotten a whole lot of Buffy and Giles interaction so far, yeah. just the two of them um, for extended periods of time. And I'm really excited about this episode because I feel like it's the first time that we actually start to see relationship forming between the two of them. Yeah. Outside of the school. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Well, and outside of just like a 
information and yeah. Slayer relationship. Yeah. Like it's a lot not, of different scenes yeah. where both of them are together in this episode. Yeah, it's not just like a, oh, here's how to kill the demon, Buffy go kill demon. Like yeah. it's more, their relationship is much more than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then Giles finds a ring on the floor and is like, oh, this is interesting. And Buffy's all like, yeah, 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 that's nice. Moving on. Um, and then it cuts to the master and he's reading a very dusty book. And he's talking about this anointed one, the slayer won't know him, and he will lead her to hell. And he says something at the end, like, thus it is written, thus it will come to pass, something like that. And then five will die from their ashes. He will rise immortal. So it is written. Um, And then he goes that really funny part where he starts talking about, and the night before, the vampires will go out and get themselves killed. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He's like reading to that one vampire. Oh, that hasn't been written yet. Yeah. (laughs) Basically, like, um, you mess up with me, I will poke your eye out like poor Colin. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I was going to talk about the the, like really clever cutscene. They have a few of them in this episode, but Mm -hmm. specifically Giles mentions, he's like, oh, it's time to hit the books. And Mm -hmm. then it like cuts to the master who like slams down the book. Yeah, yeah. Super cool. They have a few of those in this episode. Yeah. And so then he says, here endeth the lesson. And we see Giles, coincidentally, finding the exact same information about the yeah. anointed what one. What a coincidence. Yep. And the order of Aurelius. Um, and then Owen walks in. Mm-hmm. Boring Owen. Boring Owen. <laughs> He's sweet. He's nice. He's just literally got his head in the clouds. Yep. Yeah. But it's actually, it's interesting because Buffy was actually kind of the one who found the information. Because Giles, Giles was like, oh, I don't think this ring really means anything. And then Buffy's like, no, like, what does this little sign means? And then she's actually the one who finds a book, mm, which is really cool. Point. Like, that it shows, like, again, Buffy is more than just, like, the Slayer. Like, she's intelligent, too. She can find things that, you know, Giles misses. And- well, and she's being proactive. They yeah. found a ring. Now they're going to go back and research it together. Like, it's yeah. really kind of cool. And it's also probably carryover from Dr. Gregory. She wants to be more proactive in the research process. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. So I just love what Giles says when Owen walks in. He's like, what do you want? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's very like, um, who are you? I think he's just critical of everyone who wants to date Buffy or like seemingly has Buffy's eye. Possibly. I think at that point he doesn't even realize. He's just kind of like, um, why are you in the library? He'll, he yeah. forgets that it's a library. Yeah. People have to actually check out books. Yeah. And she's like, um, Giles, He's like, why library. are you here? Yeah. This is my place. <laughs> I kept thinking the entire time, Owen just doesn't look like a teenager. The guy they got looks like an older guy. Really? He just does, to me, at least. I honestly he, didn't pay attention that much to him. You guys are like, Owen Schmoen. <laughs> no, it's just more of like, I wasn't really looking at, in depth about him. Because like, I mean, obviously I've seen this episode before before so like you know he was he just, never anything that special to me yeah so like to me it's just like oh it's on so then they have that really funny dialogue about emily dickinson and she's like yeah emily dickens and he's like dickinson she's like her too yeah <laughs> <laughs> or he like says that he has never thought of her of being like a bookworm or anyone yeah. who's been in the library it's like i didn't think you would be here which i feel like ties into what we were talking about last couple episodes where everyone kind of views her in this certain type of mm-hmm. way very ditzy mm-hmm. and then you really see that in this episode with owen yeah um he sees her in this way where he's like oh i didn't think you would do this i didn't think you'd want to go mm-hmm. there and then she just like totally proves him wrong yeah Giles's face in this whole scene is so funny. He's so over it. Like he can just tell like Buffy's trying to flirt and all this stuff and he's just so like 
you are a slayer. Like, you don't need to well, flirt. And Buffy's all trying to pretend like she reads books. And yeah. Giles is like, you aren't fooling anybody except for maybe Owen. But his whole face when he's, like, stamping the book. Oh, my words. Are oh, funny. yeah. Well, and then he has that line where, because um, I uh, I think Owen is like, oh, she's a great writer. And then, like, Giles goes, yeah, for an American. Right? <laughs> well, right, right before that, she's like, oh, I love books. I love all things books. And then he's like. What about this book? And Giles is like, except this one. Grabs it and shoves yeah, it. Yeah, she his hates bag. this book. <laughs> but it's like it's kind of cool though, because um, like I've read a few novels from American authors, and he's right. They're so depressing. Yep. They like are. I've studied way more British literature than I have American literature, because like American mm-hmm. literature is so sad. Yep. Yeah, it's very depressing. I had to read a couple of hers for um, my English class in college. It's very depressing. Yep. It's true. It's dark for some reason. Mm-hmm. But yeah, which if you think about it, kind of ties into his character. Yeah, it does. Well, and the fact that he seems very drawn to darkness, mm-hmm. and so he's going to be drawn to Buffy. Well, and in even, a very weird way too, because he seems really innocent, and then yeah. he opens up his mouth, and you're like, "Oh, that's odd." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then um, at the end, she's like, "That was Owen." He's like, "Yes, I, I remember." remember. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. good, yeah. all his lines. Well, and, his and then he has like is that line where he's like. Because she's like, I want to check out, you know, the book too. And he's like, well, normally you checking out a book would be grounds for a holiday. But, you know, it's just so snarky. I love it. As far as she knows, that's the only thing she knows about Owen. So she's Mm -hmm. like, well, I'm going to exhaust this so Mm -hmm. we can talk about it in the future. So then they go to the cafeteria and she's talking to Willow about Owen. Mm -hmm. You talk to him? What? And she says that line about how he can brood, which she says he can brood like for how long was it? Oh my like, gosh! I think it was like over forty minutes, yeah, it was something like around there. Fifty minutes. It probably was like around like a class period. Like, is what I'm, I'm assuming is that like you know Willow came in boring class, saw yeah. him, was like let's time him. Yeah, and she's like I've clocked him. The funny thing is just imagining Willow sitting there watching him brood and clocking him the entire time, and then Buffy's all like, "Oh yeah, we talked about Emily Dickinson." And she's like, "You vixen!" Yeah, <laughs> I love how like Willow knows immediately. She's like. You didn't read Emily yeah, Dickinson. She knows. Yeah, yeah. You- but she doesn't like shame her or anything for it. She's like, you haven't read Emily Dickinson. Yeah. I love how supportive Willow is too. Mm-hmm. She's just like, oh, you have a cute guy. Tell me about him. And then Xander over there. Oh, oh my goodness. My gosh. Don't even get me started with him in this episode. He's like, all right, let's not talk about Owen. How's let's talk about slang. slang. Yep. And she's yeah. like, shh, be quiet. And well, he's like, like, oh, sorry. How'd the lane going? He's like, I-, I didn't mean that either. No, I don't like that yeah. either. Yeah. Well, I totally like, I can understand like, you know, someone that you're interested in like someone else that can be very hurtful so i can allow that to him that like that can be very hurtful you can be very sad but he's not like sad he's like angry this whole episode like just very like jealous and angry and i'm just like dude like you can be sad but get over yourself like it's just so frustrating it it would be one thing if he'd asked buffy out and she said no and was like pining over someone else but he hasn't asked her he hasn't told her anything yet so he really has no realm for being well he definitely tried well he's holding her to the standard that he hasn't even expressed to her at all yeah like a girlfriend standard which i think is dumb it's true to be fair though he he does kind of try a couple times in this episode, actually, to she just like, don't give him yeah, a time of day to try and like you know work his way in there. It just does not work. But he hasn't been exactly like forthcoming and hmm. like open with Buffy yet, or even just asked her how she's feeling. He's kind of just assuming, and then hmm. just kind of. I think the the part that rubs all of us wrong is the fact that he kind of almost has this idea that he can speak into Buffy's life. And to have an opinion about her life without having 
any say really, or there's no yeah. reason for him to have any say in her mm-hmm. life other than the yeah. fact that he knows a secret and he has a crush on her. Yeah, and that's true. He's possessive for really no, no reason, reason and it's kind of irritating. Yep. So, um, and then Buffy sees that Owen sitting alone and this part, Cordy is vicious. Queen Cordy. Yeah. Man, with she's, that hip bump. She's, yeah, I, I kind of forget like how rude she is in this episode. Like uh-huh. most of the time, like as we've seen, she's, she's done like mean things, but for the most part, they've been kind of like funny jobs. Mm-hmm. Like they're like mean, but you can kind of just be like, oh, that's just Cordy. Right. But in this episode, I'm like, wow, like you're really tearing into her. Yeah. She's incredibly possessive of Owen for someone we've never seen before in the in She the just assumes that every like fresh meat or any other boy mm-hmm. she hasn't to know is her first hit list, you know? No I think it's also just them. like ownership. I think she likes yep. the idea that like she can have any boy that she wants and they will always want her mm-hmm. first. And so I think that like anytime she sees like this brooding kind of guy, she's like, oh my gosh, I want to be the one that he wants. Or I want to discover him first. No yeah. one else has discovered him yet. It's kind of interesting to me. I see, this is going to sound really weird, but I'm kind of seeing a parallel between Xander and Cordelia and how they're treating Buffy and Owen. Because uh, Xander is like, all right, I have uh, a right to talk to Buffy because I like her. And he's kind of almost like assuming that he likes him. He's like in denial that she likes Owen. And you see Cordelia mm. being like, oh, no, Owen likes me and assuming that mm. and just kind of like in denial about it. Like it, they're almost That's doing true. the exact same thing, but it's coming out differently. It's just interesting to me. Yeah, I can kind of see that. Um, but then, you know. Cordelia's like, hey, Owen, do you want to come to the bronze tonight? And yeah. Owen's like, who else is going to be there? Yeah. And then she's like, besides me. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> and then he's like not even looking at her. Yeah. Buffy, are you going to go? He does like the ultimate power move. He's like, Buffy, are you going to go? Like mm. right in front of Cordelia. <laughs> Just so much respect for that kind of like yeah. not tolerating her. Well, yep. you also see Buffy kind of get puffed up. She, she like slams the tray in Cordy's lap and she's like, okay, I'll go. Yeah. Well, it was almost kind of like yeah. she forgot Cordelia was uh-huh. there and she's just like, Boom. Here you go, Cordelia. You can hold my tray that you just dumped everywhere. Yep. So then we go to the hall and Willow and Buffy are talking about boys and they're like, hey, Giles, what do you think? And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, totally dangerous. And they're like, what are you talking about? Yeah, she goes, Giles, do you agree? And he's like, oh, I absolutely agree. And she's like, great. Wait, are you agreeing? Right. And he's talking about the Order of Aurelius and the Anointed One is rising and basically is like, the Anointed One is rising tonight. And Buffy's like, no, not tonight. Can't be tonight. Big night. (laughs) Yeah, my date. And he's like, all right, let's go back in time and talk to all those vampires. So sarcastic. I cannot. He's just very like not tolerating her because in his mind, he's like, dude, end of the world or a date? Like, this is just so common Again, we've talked about this so many times, but he's really in his logical brain for the first, at least, few episodes that we've seen. He's very much like, Watcher, this is what we do. These are the facts I know. We have to patrol tonight. Yeah. Snarky Giles is amazing, and I'm here for it. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. So good. (laughs) And he ends with a, tonight, we go into battle. Yeah, And then cutscene, crickets. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I love the scene. Buffy's jacket, she looks like a little bear. She's like, she's just sitting there with the hood. But it's also like, slurping. But it's so like, it's so Buffy because like, she's like, okay, fine. I'll go out, I'll go patrol, and I won't like it. But I'm going to wear my cute fashionable coat while I do it. Just like, in case so, I have to go to the bronze. Yeah, yeah. So Buffy. So smart. And you can hear Giles over there like sniffing. He's like, because it's cold and he didn't want to be there. 
<laughs> but he's like too stubborn to be like, we should go. <laughs> and he's like, well, maybe I, I can imagine I them wrong. sitting yeah. out for like three hours just because yeah. his pride is getting in the way. He's like, I don't want to tell her that yeah. this could not be the night. <laughs> to be fair, well, especially though. when he told her like this is more important than a date. He's like, I can't, you know, yeah. double back now. Well, yeah. to be fair, like. He could have just sent her out there by himself, but he went with her. So I give him kudos for that. That's true. But yeah. I think it's funny how he's like, well, you know what they say? 90% of slaying is just waiting around in seven Yeah, she's yeah. like, I wish you could have realized that 90% ago. Yeah, you- <laughs> Such a smart, like, remark. Yeah. It just cracks me up. And he's like, well, I guess I was wrong. She's like, cool, great. Go to the bronze now. He's like, fine. Follow and your you know, hormones. Like, you know she was, like, prepared for that. She probably had another outfit in her bag yeah. or things like that. I know I've oh, definitely... Oh, of course. Are you kidding you know, me? I've definitely done that before we're like when you're out when slang, i was younger when, your- yes when i was out slang, no <laughs> when i was younger and i like would want to go to like a friend's house or something and like our parents would be like no like we have to go to this one's house first and i'd be like okay and then like bring my stuff with me and i'm mm-hmm. like mom it's getting late and like they're already on their way there's nothing oh, I, could do. I couldn't call them in time like, okay here. <laughs> yep so just but you don't have thing. your stuff oh actually um i have a spare in the car yeah i yep. just brought it just in case <laughs> yeah it's been there for days didn't plan this at all yeah um so then it goes to the bus and you see a creepy dude inside the bus that keeps talking about judgment day we're all yep. gonna be judged and you're immediately thinking okay this guy this is the target this is the anointed one because mm-hmm. giles had talked about it was probably a warrior that's going to be the anointed one yeah they yep. really honestly set it up like yeah this is the anointed one because i mean he's like talking about like all this judgment. you know judgment day stuff Biblical like verbiage. he's like i think he's like the only older guy on the bus so or creepy kind of, one too or creepy everyone else is like, with like their family or their staying to themselves yeah so it's just like they really 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 set it up to be that's your villain that's yep. your guy once again nothing is as it seems yep cut to the bronze and you have cordelia dancing with owen as buffy walks in and she's Pretty much heartbroken. What's the song that's playing? It's. I was trying to listen to the lyrics, but I was calling like it was talking about some girl. It was talking about like the girl, and then I think some of the lines were like, "Oh, like you have no pride," or like something like that. It's something by um, Rotten Apple. Yeah, something about some girl, but it's just really very appropriate. Like all the songs they pick in this show are so so on the nose, yeah, on purpose. But Cordy is getting super snuggly, and she's wearing this like purplish pink outfit that she normally doesn't wear this color it looks really good yeah. on her but she's getting super snug and oh it doesn't look too bad himself like he looks like he's yeah. kind of enjoying it a little okay bit. i disagree you think like, he looks uncomfortable yeah he looks kind of uncomfortable like i understand like buffy is hurt for like reasonable reasons for lack of a better way of saying yeah. it but like you can tell she's hurt and that's totally understandable but like honestly if you look at his face, like, he doesn't look like he's really in the moment, at least to me. Like, he really yeah. looks like he's and kind of Owen, uncomfortable, doesn't know what he's doing there. Owen doesn't strike me as a dude who would be like, hey, Cordy, go away. I'm waiting for Buffy. Mm. Like, he's definitely a pushover a little bit. So I can see him being like, oh, hot girl asking me to dance in Buffy's not here. Sure, why or not? Or maybe it's he just doesn't want to say no. Yeah. yeah. Or we've also known Cordelia to be a much more, like, dominant personality. Yeah. So I have no, like... I'm totally sure that she just kind of bulldozed her way yeah. over and was like, we're going to dance now. And he was just like, uh, okay. okay. I'm kind of like, well, why would he, like, he could look a little bit more uncomfortable. He he seems like. Well, I mean, if, you know, if you want to write down what he could absolutely do best, you could stop. <laughs> yes. But, like, it's also just like, I think it was 
he didn't really think anything of it. Yeah, I'm sure be. that's kind of what he like. He's just like, okay, yeah, I'll just some, go along. Some girls asking me to dance. Well, Cordy not? has already made it very clear that she likes dating guys with nice cars. So I'm assuming Owen has a nice car. <laughs> we just never <laughs> saw his car. It's like out in the back. Yeah, Super nice. Right. Buffy's like, all right, I'm leaving. So she takes off. We see the bus again. And this guy is in the middle of the road. And the bus swerves off the road. Everybody gets in a crash. The driver comes out. It's a vampire, obviously, and everybody gets eaten, or so we believe. Eaten or sucked. Yeah, yeah. Sucked. it's a very like horror-ish scene. Like, yeah, vampires are grabbing people from mm-hmm. like the windows. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the bus driver um, walks out to like help the guy in the road. He mm-hmm. kills him. Like, the whole scene just felt very horror. Well, and we know this has got to have something to do with the five that die, simply right. because because it's the same be- night. Yeah, exactly. So then um, the next day at school in the hall, Buffy's bemoaning to Xander about the fact that Owen was dancing with Cordelia. And I love that she's all like, I couldn't just tell him that I was late because I was out in a graveyard waiting for a vampire. And Xander's like, or flat tire? Like, there were so many other better excuses you could have used. I know. Yeah. She says, oh, sorry, my clock wasn't on. We don't have any other clocks in the Later house. Later on. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Such a horrible excuse. Yeah, it's funny how he's like, a lot of guys read. She's like, no, but he's Owen. He's so Owen-y. And he's like, a lot of guys read. Yeah. I can read. Well, the, yeah, of this course. scene is like a perfect example. Of she really just doesn't notice Xander yeah. at all. She doesn't see him mm-hmm. as anything yeah. other than a friend. And I think yep. he even like mentions, I think it's in the cafeteria. He mentions like, oh, you need to be with someone who already knows all your secrets. Someone who already knows all the deepest parts of you and accepts you. And like, obviously, if he had continued with that sentence, it would have been like, that person is me, mm-hmm. but like Buffy just is really not paying attention yeah, to she's like not listening to what he's all. saying. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. She's like, oh, good point. Doesn't even think of Xander. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So then Owen shows up and he's like, hey, where were you? And she's like, um, so I heard that you and Cordelia were, you know, dancing kind of close. No, she says, I heard you guys were dancing. Uh, I heard you guys were all over each other just a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tries to like dial it back and be like, oh, that sounds a little harsh. Yeah. yeah, I heard. She's like, yeah, all the watches were broken and the clocks all stopped. And I just, I can't even tell time. And I mean, he's very sweet. He's like, oh, I thought I was the only one who I had know, that problem. But it looks like he actually yeah. believed it. I was like, who is this dude who actually has an issue? If I were Buffy, I'd be like, oh, turn off. I, <laughs> I, like, see, I took it as like, I took it as like he was just trying to be nice. No, maybe. no. I think he really believed it. Yep. I no. happened to him before <laughs> probably think, the morning i of. think it's the idea that like well, i mean why else would he carry around a pocket watch okay i, That's wrote, true. I literally wrote that down i was like it's like who? what century are we in well i literally wrote that down i was like who carries a pocket watch just around them when you're like a teenager in high school yeah. like what i think the idea they're trying to tell us is owen is kind of an old soul and he could even be saying all the clocks and the watch and like just time gets away from me because i'm my head's always buried because i'm books. so deep in thought because yeah, yeah. i'm brooding yeah. if a boy lonely dickinson he's gonna carry around a pocket watch like it's very on right. the nose it's very like weird yeah so into dark weird. things yep exactly but it's just funny he um and then he's like here let me just give you my watch and it's like this really nice probably couple hundred dollars like pocket oh, just watch. gives it to this girl yeah. yeah and then xander looks at his watch it says tweety bird one <laughs> <laughs> so I great love i love the facts to xander's face this entire time mm-hmm. he's like yeah he's what? so uncomfortable the yeah. entire but it also time. just shows like as we've seen like any guy that gives buffy any attention or like her attention is on them like 
Xander instantly goes to insecurity like every mm-hmm. single time, which really speaks yeah. of him as a man. Like yeah. he's not sitting there and being like, you know, at least Buffy's happy or like mm-hmm. being hurt because he's like, oh, like I want her, you know, to be with me. It's like insecurity is like, oh, like am I not man enough? Yeah, like, why am I not good enough? Yeah, he just always like that's his first thing is like yeah. insecurity, which is just like very interesting that they show that mm-hmm. and sometimes reacts in very accusatory ways towards her. Mm-hmm. I mean, in this moment, he didn't because he didn't have time to in the scene. Mm-hmm. But like in the past, like in the last episode where he brings up Angel to her um, and says, oh, you're just jealous of someone else likes me when talking about like Miss French. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of it's a little bit like Leah said, just a lot of insecurity. Yeah. Yeah. So then, you know, they're going to have a date at the bronze later on. He's going to come pick up Buffy. And I love how she clasps the watch in her hand and goes, oh, when she walks away and Xander's just like, ooh. Yeah. (laughs) I would like to also point out her outfit is very cute. The little crop top with the pants. Also blue. Also blue. Not baby blue, but it's still. Love the high-waisted pants. With like the little crop top. Just such a look. Like it's just very like flattering. Yeah. So cute. cute. I'm such a fan of her wardrobe. If I could have anything in the world, I would just want her entire wardrobe from the show. (laughs) Yeah. Her and Cordy's. Well, that and a couple hundred dollars, but like, you know. Or a couple million. I was about to say only a couple hundred. <laughs> but, you know, anything. the money could buy the wardrobe. So, like, yeah. give or take. So then the library, Giles has, like, soothing music on yeah. in the background. Yeah, and at one point he bumps something and it sounds like a teacup. Yeah, he's so got you, a teacup. You know, he's, like, listening he's rubbing to his, his head. He's got a headache. He's so probably be, He probably has a cold from yeah. being out. <laughs> We heard it's so true. We heard it sniffing. I did not even think about that. That's <laughs> so funny. Poor like, Giles, so I'm tired. I'm normally in bed by that time. Yeah, he's like, like, I don't want to be on work. And he also knows he has to study more because yeah. he's like, I he's got like, it wrong. I have to babysit for Buffy. Yeah, and then Buffy just comes in and just talks nonstop. There's, there's certain moments in the show where you can almost hear Giles thinking so loud. Yeah, And I, you can see it in his face where you're like, I just, I feel like I could tell you what he's thinking yeah. right now. He's just so in his head. Yep. And she comes in, she's like, all right, so, you know, we already fi- fixed the anointing guy. It didn't actually happen. So I'm, I'm going to leave now and, and uh, I can go on a date tonight. Yeah. So, all right, and you bye. can tell he's so tired. He's just like, dude, I don't care. Yeah, just just stop leave. Talking. Like, sure, whatever. And he's like, she is the strangest girl. <laughs> she yeah. leaves. I just love how they're showing that he just doesn't quite understand her. In his mind, he's like, why else would you want to be anything but a slayer? Like, mm-hmm. this is what you were called to do. Accept your duty. Like, why are you talking about going on dates? And she's going, don't you want to live a little and do something other than always being mm-hmm. a watcher? Like, yeah. there's just a and disconnect. That's, yeah, that's really what the theme of this episode is. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about it pretty much in every episode. There's been little scenes about it, but it's like Buffy wants to have both lives. She wants right. to have her Slayer life mm-hmm. and she wants to be in that normal girl. And there's many references to that in this episode, but... Yeah. Like, I think one of the biggest examples of that is her relationship with Giles. It's like, Giles is very much what represents her Slayer life, I guess, Mm -hmm. um, to its fullest. And, like, right now, Owen is kind of what represents her, like, normal life. And so she's kind of being pulled Mm -hmm. between the two. And, like, Giles is just not really understanding that. Yep. So then we're taken to the master. And he's basically saying, all right, go get that anointed one. And don't let Buffy get in your way. If she does, you kill her. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, all right, yes, sir, yes, master. And then Buffy's in her room getting ready for this her scene. date. 
<laughs> oh my word. Okay. I, I just like as much as Xander really bugs me in the first, you know, few episode season or whatever, I really feel bad for him in the scene. I really do. Because like both the girls are sitting there, she's like changing, she's talking about what outfits to wear on her date, yeah. which lipstick to wear. Yeah. If you have a, like a huge crush on somebody and you have to that's be there hard. doing that, that's really awkward. Yeah. And like she clearly, like what Lee was saying earlier, does not think of him at all in that way. Mm-hmm. And she's like changing in front of him. She does not care. And he has to turn himself around. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I mean, she did ask See, okay. him too. I understand to a certain degree, <laughs> like, you know, that is hard being around someone you like and, you know, them not liking you back. But it's also like at a certain point, you either need to accept it and not hold it against them or tell them and move forward. And, you know, Xander doesn't really do either. Mm-hmm. He's kind of at this point where like he's holding it against her, the fact that she doesn't like him, but mm-hmm. she ha- but he yeah. hasn't really expressed to her. That's true. So it's like he's kind of like put her in this impossible box, mm-hmm. um, which is just so unfair. Mm. And he's also kind of a creep in this scene. And yeah, I really don't like it. Her when yeah. She's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'd also like to point out one of the dresses that she pulls out of her closet that like Willow tries to show her is one that she wore in The Harvest. Oh, yeah. Well, I think it's hilarious. She's like, all right, I can have shy or coy or insatiable. And the dresses, the cut is exactly the same. And they're like, it's just the pattern. And so then Willow hands her another dress that is the exact same cut. Yeah. The different. And I was like, all right. Hey, so I mean, one, patterns, two, patterns can make a world of difference. It's true. Or trends can be so easy because if, if all three of those dresses were like the same type of dress, yeah. you wouldn't have to think that much about what you're going to wear. It's like, well, at least this is in. Mm-hmm. I just have three different patterns to choose from. So then when she asks about the dresses, Xander grabs a, a coat. And a ski cap. Yep. He's like, how about this? Yeah, this will cover you. Looks at Willow like, okay, we're not going to ask Xander. Um, And so then my question with this whole scene and then like when she goes downstairs is, where's Joyce? She's going on a date. Where's Joyce? (laughs) Maybe Joyce is at the art gallery. Right. But I just think it's funny that she just, I mean, like we see this continuously through though, where Joyce is just oblivious to where Buffy's at and what's going on in her life. But you would think this is the first time we've seen Buffy going on a date in the show that Joyce would be there, but she's just not. Or maybe the reason why she's so confident having her friends there to to like get ready for the day is because she knows her mom's not there. Yeah, maybe. Because maybe she wouldn't be so open about going on a date because the last Mm, two episodes though. I don't think Joyce would be the type to be like, don't go on dates or don't date. Like she seems like very much like the type where like, I want you to date. Yeah, but she's been still on edge about like Sunnydale and moving there. And like she had her stay in that one time in her room. So you never know. So then Giles shows up about the bus and is like, ah, several people died. I bet the anointed was on there. All the bodies are Giles the has home. no idea how to read the room. Nope. Like Buffy's obviously like nope. dressed up, like her friends are there at he the knew house. She was like, going on a date. No, he he didn't. She he came, knew when she, she came to the library. No, earlier. no, no. He knew that she was going on a date the, the night, night before because he makes that uh, call where he's like, "You're yeah. going on another date," yeah, and she's right. like, "This is the first date." And he's mm-hmm. like, "Do you do anything else?" <laughs> she's like, "Yeah." He, like, stay assumes that she's been dating for yeah, all night. So he's funny. still cranky out of his head cold. You know, we'll give him grace. <laughs> and then Owen shows up and he's like, "Why is the school librarian here?" He's like, "Man, you really care a lot about your work." <laughs> yeah. And then Willow and Xander realize that Buffy and Giles need to talk about this. So they're like, "Hey, Owen, I have um some." 
some things we need to talk to you about and pull him into the other room. Yeah, which again, not one of Sanders' shining moments because instead of being like, yep. hey, treat her well, he's like, don't kiss her, don't touch her, don't do anything. Don't or even look he at doesn't her. even say that. He just says, Buffy doesn't like dancing. Yeah. Buffy doesn't want to be kissed. Or actually, she doesn't want to be touched at all. Like yeah. it's kind of. He says, and, and don't even look at her. Yep. Yeah, it is. Um, and then Buffy's over there trying to make her case to Giles. She's like, um, Clark Kent had a job. I, know, I just want to go on a date. Such a yeah. nice Superman reference. And he's like, all right, fine. And I, I think it is interesting that in this moment, he's like, okay, you can go on the date. And yeah. he's like, and he's like, maybe I'm overreacting. Pick, and I will try to pick up the slack so you don't have to. Like, he really so like, sweet. is trying to understand and realizes that it is hard for her. And so she says, if the apocalypse comes, beat me, which is the infamous line yep. that we're all familiar with. So Giles goes to the funeral home. Buffy and Owen go on their date. And Willow and Xander are like, okay, we need to go with Giles because he shouldn't be by himself. And Xander's like, oh, yeah, let's go with Buffy. And she's like, no, that's not what I meant at all. Yeah, he's like, I don't trust that guy. It's like, hmm, wonder why you don't trust him, Xander. Oh, my gosh. So then to the bronze. And it's like this dark corner of the bronze that we've never seen before. And it's like Buffy and <laughs> yeah, Owen. Yeah, the couch. I've never seen yeah. that corner of the bronze. Yeah. Yep. They're sitting there and he's talking about Emily Dickinson yep. again. Guess what he's talking about? I'd yeah. be sitting there and be like, does this kid know anything other than Emily Dickinson? My but goodness. it's it's such a like a, a high school type crush because like you don't really have much in common. You There's really no are to it. Yeah, it's also incredibly angsty with yeah, all the death. But and it's bees. really yeah, it's really just like the attraction of two people who kind of have chemistry. So like, well, let's go on a date. Like, and they really just don't really know what a real connection Mm -hmm. is. Yeah. And I'm sure like there's, I think all of us can attest to this. We look back on our high school crushes and we're like, what did I see in them? We didn't even talk about anything. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's just like one of those things here. It's like nothing really deep, but it's like, oh, it's kind of like new and a little exciting. I think he is deep in his own way. And I think Buffy is drawn to that deepness. She's attracted him clearly, but she thinks she's also drawn to the brooding, um, more, uh, quiet type as we've seen with. Yeah. But I think there is a depth to Owen and he, he likes, um, Emily Dickinson because of death and he's like and she talks a lot about bees but I think that you know the slayer side of Buffy the one that deals with death is what he's attracted to as well even though he doesn't quite know it well he mentions to her he's like you're like two different people which Mm -hmm. again plays into Mm -hmm. the theme of the episode but I think that yeah Mm -hmm. like because she kind of makes this like thing where she's like oh like well which one of them do you like Mm -hmm. but I think it really does like kind of show that he was attracted to that Mm -hmm. kind of mysterious dark side of her well and she says well which one do you like and he says i'll let you know and i think he does by the end of the episode mm, and yeah that's yeah. a good point yeah and we'll talk about it when we get there but so then she's like all right let's go dance and that's where he says it's like you're two different people and then cordy comes in and her hair is like i know so crimped hair in the 90s yep. happened for like a second it was like there and then and it, was it wasn't gone. even like the big crimp because it came like crimping came back in like the mid 2000s because yeah. I remember I having remember a crimping crimper. My own hair, yeah. yeah, but it was like bigger. So it kind of looked like mm-hmm. your hair was braided. You had like, like a crimp iron. The little mm-hmm. crimp ones just mm-hmm. looked so ugly. Well, Cordy did it a little bit better. Like yeah, in the all 2000s, hair. it was like every other strand was straight and then crimped. Oh, yeah. oh so ugly. Yeah, that's true. Um, I yeah. thought it was kind of cute that she just did a little bit at the front and her hair held that volume. Her outfit was so cute. Her yeah. hair was not my favorite. <laughs> she sees Owen with Buffy, and so she tries to cut in. Honestly, 
I can't like be mad at her for this because it was so funny the way she did. She's like, "Oh, and you're here all alone." And he's like, "No, I'm with Buffy." And she's like, "Okay, well, you want to dance?" He's like, "No, I'm still here with yeah. Buffy." <laughs> yeah, and I mean, honestly, props to Buffy. Like, you never have really seen Buffy like get mad at Cordelia Seriously, for what she does. I'd be so she's mad. just kind of like, okay, like she she's just unbothered. really has no time. She's for like, it. "Well, I'm here with him." So yeah, yeah. So then Giles goes to the funeral home. He gets out of the car, and you can see the look on his face is instantly like. Oh, this is sketch. He looks over mm. around and then it pans over to the graveyard and you know when it comes back, there's going to be a vampire right there over yep, his shoulder. Yeah, I think a part of new too. Yep. A bunch of vampires surround him and meanwhile back at the bronze, Buffy's still dancing with uh, Owen is all yeah. like, I feel like Which, a normal girl. No, She's no, right. she says almost. Girl. almost. Like a girl. Yeah, you're right. I almost yep. feel like a girl. And this is the theme we're going to see a lot too. I know we've talked about this, but I feel like every time she says that phrase, Something gets ripped away from her. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's such a tragic thing because she never really feels like a normal girl. Every time you see her almost get there, you're like, oh, like, yes, Buffy. Like, everyone mm-hmm. kind of cheers her along because we're like, that's what we want. Mm-hmm. She's She feels like a normal girl, but at the sacrifice of what? Yep. Something always being yep. sacrificed for that. Giles is locked inside of the cemetery or the, um, in the funeral home, being chased by vampires, locks himself in the morgue. And finds or Willow and Xander find him through the window and talk to him, and they're like, "Well, should we go get Buffy?" And he's like, "No, no, no, no. She's on a date." And yeah, he's like, very he's like, I can do this. And Which, like, by the way, how did Xander and Willow get past those two vampires? My guess is they all um, are inside. They probably broke in and are following him and stuff. Either mm. that, or they're on the other side of the building because that morgue is probably on the back side. And he probably attracted all the vampires anyway. Yep. So they, if they've come like a minute later than him, mm-hmm. they wouldn't see all of them. Yeah, it is pretty fast how they got there, especially because they probably don't have their license at this point. And yeah, drive. Well, oh, I, plus true. Sunnydale has been described as a very small town, so they probably just ran. Yeah. But anyway, he's, like, trying to be, like, all right, oh, don't go get Buffy, don't get Buffy. And they're, like, well, you have no way out. There's bars on the window. And he's, like, all right, go get Buffy. I'm just going to try and stall. And so then at the bronze, Cordelia's, like, okay, this is ridiculous. I love this part. (laughs) And she's, like, griping to her friends who we've never seen before. Where's Harmony? And she's griping to her friends. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Yeah. where's Harmony? And Angel walks in. Yeah, well, no, first she makes a comment where she was, like, oh. I would never be caught over, you know, hanging over some boy oh, yeah, like that. You know, I would yeah. embarrass myself like that. And like Angel comes in and she's like, "Oh wow, she's like, like hello, hello, salty goodness." Yeah, yep. just immediately changes like tone. Yep. Pick up the phone, dial nine one one. Someone's going to need serious oxygen after I'm through with him. Yep. She it's walks so over to him and he walks immediately over to Buffy. And then he's like, yeah. She's like, seriously? Why yeah. What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> and Angel essentially is like. What are you doing? Why are you out there? There's a yeah. lot of big stuff going out tonight. And she gets really defensive. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, not you too. Like, gets yeah. all mad at him. And then, like, he gets kind of mad back and he kind of is like, well, I just kind of came here to tell you information. He's I guess like, you already know it. And it's like kind of getting mad at it. Yeah. And then Willow and Sanders show up and they're like, oh, hey. Um, oh, yeah. First, Owen asks, who is this guy? And Angel's like, I'm a friend. From work. Yeah. He's like, you, you have a job? <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Xander and Willow show up and they're like, well, we're on a double date. And she's like, 
I didn't know you two were dating. And Willow's like, we know it happened eventually. Why fight it? <laughs> I think that's like something she always tells uh-huh. herself and how they would get together in yeah. the future. So cute. You could definitely tell she's she was like, holding on to that. And I think that that right there might be why she's okay with Xander crushing on Buffy. Because in her mind, she's like, it'll happen eventually mm-hmm. with, yeah, with Xander. Yeah, we've been best friends for years. It's got to happen. Yeah. He's just fighting it. Yeah. They're trying to tell Buffy the situation that's going down with Jack at the funeral home without clearing right. in Owen. And they're like, hey, let's go have a double date at the funeral yeah. home. And it's super casual. She's like, what about the, the funeral home? Yeah, I always wanted to go there. Like, super <laughs> funny. And then, like, Buffy's like, the funeral home? And Owen's like, actually, no, that sounds like a really good idea. Yeah. <laughs> so and, like, all Buffy's, that death. <laughs> Buffy's, like, the only one who's, like, rational in this. She's like, what? <laughs> She's the only one who's like, does anyone else feel like it's yeah. weird to go to and the funeral you have, home? Like, you have Angel who's kind of sitting in the back, like, not saying a word, just kind of observing yeah. everything that's happening. Such an observer. Yeah. And then she pulls Owen over and is basically like, you know, uh, <laughs> the camera. Yeah, like, yeah. And this is really yeah. we're dying. Like, well, Angel's yeah. directly in the middle of them and he's just staring at them, trying yeah. to pick yeah. up on what well, they're saying. Well, because it's supposed to be like obviously metaphorical and physical. It's like not only is he physically in the middle of them, but like also just metaphorically in between them. Yeah, I like, think yeah. Angel's supposed to represent her job in that moment as well. Yeah. Like, he's both her job and relationship because she obviously likes Angel, but he also has just been completely tied with her Slayer duties. So he's kind of representing both at that Mm, moment. And she's like, you know, I'll come back. I think she says she'll come back. And then she like goes away and then comes back. This kiss is so clearly like for Angel's benefit. Yep. Or disbenefit or whatever that is. Discomfort. And then she like walks away and they're both just kind of staring at her. Well, you see like Angel's eyes kind of follow her. And yeah. then when she kisses him and like his looks body away, movement yeah. jolts. Well, he he's kind like, of has like this face of like, what the? Like, yeah. what's yeah. just happened? Like, you can yeah. tell he's kind of like frustrated, but also like confused. Yeah, he's just like, what is going on? So well done. Um, so then they get to the funeral home, and okay, the music it sounds very much like heist music right there. It was really odd. It had like kind of, um, you know how what, when heist music is like da na 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 na, like it just sounded really funny. Like you're singing music. the Batman. Theme. I don't know. Yeah, I was, <laughs> but it was just really interesting. I was like, what is this supposed to be? Like, how am I supposed to feel in this moment? Yeah. So then they get in there, and instantaneously you hear Owen like, "Whoa, oh my goodness!" He's like, "Are we going to see a dead body?" Yeah. Which, my if goodness. you think about it, how does he know where the funeral home? It's is? a small He's town. There's them. probably only I one guess, funeral but home. That's just like weird. I just think knowing him, knowing he his probably character, goes and reads in the he, funeral. He already knows where all the funeral homes are. He's like, I often read in those. He's like, which park. one are we going to? He goes and reads in the graveyard. <laughs> he like, brings up a map. He's like, which one? He's like, are we going to the newer one or the yeah. older one? They're like, uh, there's more what? than one. <laughs> well, I wrote in my notes. Of course, Owen is there. She kissed him. He's not going to just sit that's there and true. wait for him. Yeah. He was like, dude, she kissed me. This date is going well. Let's go to well, the funeral. Well, not like that. He's like if it's a double date we're already in a romantic atmosphere in his mind yeah Yeah. well plus he's like yeah (laughs) plus he's like oh my goodness i love death and i just got a kiss why wouldn't i follow her right right the only thing that would be better is there were bees here oh my gosh so buffy's like all right how do i manage this with owen being here so she sends xander willow and owen like to be lookouts of course and is like all right I'm going to go check over here. So she goes into the morgue, can't find Giles anywhere. Then, you know, the slab swings open, which I was like, I didn't, like, it looked closed. So I'm not sure how he was able to open it. He probably, like, 
I don't know, left it like latched or something. Sure. Yeah, we'll say that. And she's like, whoa, how'd you get away from the vampires? He's like, it was more than a match. I hid. And then he goes, "Uh, thankfully, this chap was good enough to let me bunk with him. And it's like a dead person. I'm like, who talks like him? Like, I'd like to say that I would think like that and be like, oh, I'm just going to go bunk with a dead body. But if I were being attacked, I think I'd just be like, just kill me. I do not (laughs) want to bunk with a dead body. I could not lie on top of one. I'd be like, I'm going to be be real with you. I'm not going to make it. (laughs) Take me out now. (laughs) I'd be like, no, thank you. I will gladly kill myself. I'll run inside the fire over there. (laughs) Take me out now. Please make it quick. And if I did end up making it in there, it would take a solid 30 minutes of conviction myself to get in there well, and that would not be enough time the bodies would, would be like full of chemicals and stuff it no. would smell like chemicals and they'd in be there. naked underneath <laughs> <laughs> i think that'd be the least of your oh, okay let's move on oh, i'm getting a little steamed out now and so then she's like yeah owen or something yeah, owen he, goes, and their others. he makes scholars like you, you brought a date <laughs> <laughs> as if it's like some social gathering she's like yeah of course i did no that i wrote in my notes literal juggling of slang and dating right now like it's she's it's really funny how they wrote it too she's running back and forth from the office to the morgue trying to maintain the sense of like separation between the two like normalcy yeah exactly so then she decides to go run back and check on owen and the rest and she's like all right, hey, now let's check out the security office. And he's like, oh, we already tried that. It was locked. And she's like, <clears throat> and she like, like breaks, oh, it. breaks it. Yeah. yeah. Which is like, it's also a very subtle way of kind of showing her strength. I like yeah. how they put little things in there that like kind of mm-hmm. reminds you like, oh, Buffy is strong. Like, right. Buffy is like athletic. Buffy can kill. Like, because sometimes you'll watch these episodes and you kind of forget. Yeah. And then like, it'll do little things where she's like, you know, like breaking doors off the handle or something. And you're like, oh, yeah, she's strong. In a very real sense too. Because when she fights vampires, you're like, oh, that makes sense that she can like kill them because she's a vampire slayer. But then when they show like real life scenarios, you're like, oh, she's that strong. Like in the right. first episode where she completely like shatters that door yeah. to get into the lockers where the body is. Right. She completely cracks the whole like thick door in those scenarios you're like oh like she's a lot stronger because we can relate to it in a very normal way Mm -hmm. yeah i just love that she's like coughing while breaking open this door as if oh he's not gonna hear yeah my cough is so loud so then she goes back to the morgue where giles is waiting and they're opening all the slabs trying to find the body of that vamp or i guess the anointed one and there's no vamps in the slab which means that it's somewhere else. So back in the office, Owen pulls back the curtain and you see the body behind some glass. Yeah, which has like the super creepy, typical like the hand rising down. moment where he, you know, takes mm-hmm. the sheet off himself. Yep. And then it's the super creepy dude from the bus and he says, I have been judged and headbutts the glass. That was so <laughs> hardcore. He literally just hits it and the whole thing shatters. Yeah. So he kind of starts talking. He says, I've been judged. And then he says, he has risen in me. He fills my head with song, which we know that demons inhabit the bodies of people when they become vampires. Right. So he must be talking about the demon. But from there on, he kind of talks in third person, almost like he's the demon talking. It's, it's really so creepy. Oh, yeah. That is weird. And so then we go back to the morgue and Giles and Buffy have realized, oh, okay, so it's not here. We need to get our stuff together. And Giles has garlic. Yeah, we like, uh, when we were watching, we like yelled, we were like, garlic. Yep. Like we haven't seen it until now. Yep. 
then gets attacked by a vampire and Giles gets knocked unconscious. So this is now two times that he's been knocked unconscious in the show. Just going to point that out. So Owen hears the stuff going on down the hall, runs in and Buffy gets knocked away. Um, and so Owen's like trying to be all heroic, grabs a vase, shatters it over the anointed guy's head. Buffy wakes up or kind of like comes to just in time to see the um, anointed vampire dude crash this very heavy metal door into Owen and yeah. Owen crumples to the ground. Which then starts a mm-hmm. very cool fight scene. Mm-hmm. Like I, we've seen a couple fight scenes with Buffy, but um, each one I just love so much because mm-hmm. it's like it shows that like not only is she like a cool fighter, but they're just cool scenes. And it also mm-hmm. just like shows that like what she can do and how she can fight. Well, and you can tell a lot more emotion put into this fight. She just, you killed my date and you hear the way yep. that she's hitting and stuff. It's yep. a lot more aggressive than normal. And she's even got like when she, when they knock him into the, um, the vat or the, uh, the, the fire. Yeah. You can see like the tears in her eyes. Like she's kind of like really upset by the fact that owen got killed i'd honestly say she's more frustrated than anything because she's just like dude come on like are you kidding me like that was my day i'm trying to have a normal life like everyone's getting in the way like i think it's more yeah. of like frustration there's just a lot of emotions yeah there's moment. a lot of emotion but i think she truly does care for owen yeah. so i think it's also like her date got killed yeah it's literal like you killed my date which was owen but you also killed my date the date we were on yeah so it's all those things. I think you're right, Leah. It's all those frustration. And it's also like, hey, like my date's dead. Yeah. And so then Owen comes to and Willow's like, oh, Buffy, uh, he's alive. And yeah. Xander's and Xander's like, like, no, no, just let give her go. Her a second. Yeah. The first time I watched this episode, I was like, come on, Xander. Like, why aren't you going to tell her? But mm-hmm. then rewatching it again, you're like, oh, I see what you're trying to do. He's like, mm-hmm. let her get out her anchor because he's yeah. actually going to kill this dude. Right. And then we can tell her afterwards. Right. And she just needs to work out some of her issues and stuff, which I was like, prop Xander. Like, it was neat yeah. that he saw that she needed that outlet. It's got to be so therapeutic being the Slayer sometimes. You can just punch out all True. your issues. Yeah. Yeah. She goes over to Owen, trying to make sure he's okay. And he's just kind of like out of it. And he does not want her to walk him home or take him home in any way, which you can tell is really hurtful for Buffy. And we assume at that point, okay, like Owen... It's not going to work out. He doesn't like the Slayer life. Yeah. And I mean, even though he doesn't really know what's going on, he's like, this is too much excitement for me. So then we go cut to the hall and Xander, Willow, and Buffy are walking along. And Buffy's like, did he say anything about me in the ride home? They're like, uh. Yeah. And this scene's actually interesting because like Buffy's obviously mourning and Willow being like the good friend is trying to like be there for her. And then Xander instead of like being there for her, starts saying the same line that he said earlier, which is like, oh, you really just need someone who already knows all your secrets and understands you. And is like almost manipulative in a way because like Bring she's mourning. She's like, she's mm. hurt. She's weak. And he's like, well, like if you had gone with yeah. me, this wouldn't be an issue. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. ugh. and maybe that is me projecting. Mm-hmm. But like the way that I read that like scene is just like, it's awful. Like your friend's hurting. Like, yeah. Put your feelings aside for a second and just comfort her. Like yeah. She's hurt. Well, it's interesting, too, because he's like, you need someone who, like, knows your secret and understands, like, likes you for you, whatever. And, she, like, she's not even listening to what he's saying. But then the conversation with Owen shows that he would have been okay with that yeah. side of her. But she realizes it'd be unfair to him because she'd be putting him in danger. Well, not only that, 
like I think he, it almost seems like he he's a little bit obsessive over it too. Mm. He's like, oh, where can we go? Can we oh, go into Owen? a bar? Yeah, and yeah like, a yeah. bit of an adrenaline junkie. Yeah. Um, I put my notes and it says, um, Owen only wants to see her again for the rush, and mm. she wants to protect him. Yeah, it's true. It's the first like real sacrifice she's had to make mm-hmm. in the show. Like she could have dated him, and they could have, you know, I don't think they went like last very long Mm -hmm. but she could have dated him and whatever been like a little bit more selfish and like said i wanted this but she thought further down the line and was like i have to make this sacrifice now yeah yeah Yeah. was very Very sacrificial for her mature too it's a mature decision yeah and and that's interesting that you point out that he was kind of like hey like i like being with you because of the way that it makes me feel not necessarily because of the way you that's how he described it too yeah yeah it's true. And Buffy's over there thinking, I'm going to kill you and it's not fair for you. Yep. Um, and I just love this next scene because you have Giles. So sweet. Comes over and yeah. he, he sees what's happening. And yeah. you started out the episode with him kind of like they go from sarcasm in the beginning to Buffy understanding her responsibility and Giles kind of understanding also how important it is for Buffy to also have the normalcy in her life. Yeah. Like they kind of come to an understanding. Yeah. But it's also like he shares the story of him becoming yeah. a watcher. And so like he tries to explain to her that he's like, I understand. Like I understand what you're feeling and what you're going mm-hmm. through because like I had to go through something similar. Which yeah. is like so trying sweet. To relate to yeah, her. I was trying to relate to her, but also like mm-hmm. humanize himself and her yeah, and just yeah. be like, listen, this is valid what you're feeling. Yeah. Honestly like I feel like Every time there's a breakthrough conversation with people where I get really close to them, it's always when we can relate on a personal level through Mm -hmm. like a story or like even with like parents, when they start telling anecdotes from their life to relate to you, you're like, oh, I understand them from like a person to a person rather than like an authority figure to like a child Mm -hmm. where it's like, I'm going to give you a bunch of facts and this is what you need to do. Absolutely. He's like, hey, like. I'm trying to understand you, so I'm going to give you something in my life so that we can be on the same level and we can understand each other. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the line that he says. He said, we feel our way yeah. as we go along. You're doing well for a slayer. Like, it's just really yeah. sweet. Yeah. It's just, it's very sweet. And I think it's just like, this is like the first step to them understanding each other. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Giles made pretty big steps to try and see her side in this episode. And I think this is the beginning of, Buffy's starting to see Giles' side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, not only mm-hmm. that, but like the phrase that Sarah said that he um, said in the episode really just shows how his mindset is slowly changing mm-hmm. because rather than just being logical, watch your Giles. He's saying, we feel our way as we go along mm-hmm. now. So now it's not yeah. as much black and white. It's like, you know what? Let's take it step by step and mm-hmm. see how we feel in the moment too. Well, I think he's also trying to reassure her that you're not the only one that has to make yeah. these really hard decisions. I've had to do it and I'm still making these decisions. Like it's not yeah. something that there's an actual like handbook right. about. Like it's something that we all have to figure out as we go along. Yep. So, and I think it's just really interesting because this episode, I always think of as, oh, Buffy trying to fit a relationship, a romantic relationship in with Slaying Life. But I really think it's highlighting the relationship between Giles and Buffy. And yeah. it's showing. Well, and the relationship between her and being a Slayer. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. A lot mm-hmm. of different relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that. Her figure her, out her as an angel's too. Yeah. But I think her uh-huh. relationship with Giles and an angel at this point is kind of on the Slayer side. Mm. And then Owen was supposed to represent her human life. Mm. And so I think that like the two were at odds because she's going back and forth between the two. Mm -hmm. And so I think that 
while this episode is definitely about her and Giles, like it's also very much about like her pull between being a slayer and just mm-hmm. wanting to be a normal girl. Yeah. And I think she's more and more realizing that she needs to accept being a slayer. She keeps fighting against it. And Giles yeah. keeps coming back and being like, this is your duty. This yeah. is who you but are. But not even just Giles. It's like angels telling her that like mm-hmm. you have like vampires and demons coming at her. And it seems like the more yeah. that she pulls away from being a slayer, the more she's put in danger. Mm hmm. Yeah, or she puts other people in danger when she's not actually doing her duty. And she says, like, I could have gotten you killed. Mm -hmm. So transitioning from the seriousness, we were dying because obviously very small budget. But (laughs) if you have not noticed it before, go back in that uh, scene with uh, specifically the one with Owen and Buffy and where they're talking and she's essentially breaking up with him. The outside of the school extras are, oh, my goodness, you you yeah, see it's really all of funny. them like at least twice. And there was one specifically with this girl who was in this blazer. This red plaid red with a plaid, giant red yeah, blazer. Bag. You see her like five times going back and forth, up and down the yeah. stairs. like, And right after each other too, she's like going in opposite directions. Yeah. So she'll be walking up the stairs and then you see her behind Buffy walking around. There's also a dude in like a brown vest with a yellow turtleneck. So funny. Yep. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, if you ever do a rewatch, just look for that. One of the examples of a lower budget show. So funny, though. The show keeps on giving, man. So then Giles is like, you know, but we, hey, look, we averted, um, not the apocalypse, the anointed one. He didn't actually rise. You did a good job. I bet you the master is just, you know, really bummed right now having a bad day. Another great cut scene. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, ha, the Slayer doesn't know. Yeah, right? And <laughs> yeah. it's the little child. Which, which is, is smart. like we talked about early in the episode, is another thing that Joss has mentioned. Like, you know, things are not as they seem. And mm-hmm. like the first time I, I watched this through, I remember being like shocked that mm-hmm. it was the little boy instead of the guy. Because like, who would think it would be the little guy on the bus with his mom? Like, yep. super cool. Yep. And they have like the creepy little like music box music that's normally supposed to be like sweet and innocent, yeah. but it's kind of creepy. So... I think that's everything. Yeah, that's all I had. Well, thanks, guys, for listening along with us. And stay tuned for our next section called Scooby Secrets, where we'll be talking about spoilers and such. If you have already seen the show, then stick around for that. If not, then maybe wait till you watch the end of the show. Or or not, if you're like Leah. Yeah. You just want to know spoilers. Spoilers are <laughs> fun. We always recommend. Yeah. Leah always recommends. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. I recommend. Yeah, but thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. We really enjoyed this episode. And if you have any Definitely one of the good ones from the first season. Yeah, if you have any comments or you like want to follow along with us, um, we have an Instagram and an email. Our Instagram is becomingbuffypodcast. And our email is becomingbuffypodcast at gmail.com. So if you have anything that you want us to talk about, as always, email us or follow us on Instagram. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Welcome to Scooby Secrets. Favorite We're super, super yes. ready to get into this episode. <laughs> um, I had forgotten how much I actually like this episode. This is a yeah. good episode. Yeah. Very lighthearted. Because, like, like, obviously, when I think of, like, episodes that I like in the first season, it's like, oh, obviously, Prophecy Girl and, like, Angel and, like, you know, the first two are pretty cool. And I, I think my mind just kind of automatically skips over this episode. I forget episode. Owen is even a character. Yeah. And honest. so, like, 
rewatching it, I just realized how funny it is, how yeah. good, how there is like little moments that are like foreshadowing or things like that. But um, before we jump into it, I do want to preface for anyone who is new to our Scooby Secret section. This is spoilers for not only Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but also for the show Angel. So if you have not seen either and you really care about spoilers, then we would not advise that you continue. That being said, let's get into it. So whenever I show people the show, I have a hard time picking an episode that kind of embodies everything. Like, cause I mean, Joss has talked about how he wrote Buffy to be horror comedy. And as yeah, time went yeah. on, it kind of evolved to like drama to, um, I don't know. What else would you call it? Drama, horror, comedy, action. Yeah. Like there's a yeah. lot of things that embody what makes Buffy. Musical Buffy. for right. one episode. Yeah. <laughs> Even kind of a mystery too. Like there's times yeah, where, true. you know, you don't know what's going to happen, but Buffy kind of does multiple genres and does it really well. And so whenever I start, I'm always like, okay, I, I know I probably should show people welcome to the Hellmouth, but I always feel like it's such a clunky ride initially just because it's getting on its feet. Yeah. So sometimes yeah. I'll do, I'll usually show school hard. The one where Spike first enters in. Oh, that's a great episode. Yeah, I'm so though. excited. I feel like any episode. any episode that kind of shows all the different aspects of Buffy's life and yeah. shows how they all kind of converge and she has to keep them all like separate yeah. is really good. And this one is actually a really good episode mm-hmm. for that. It yeah. doesn't have Joyce in it, which is the one bummer. Yeah. It's true. But it does a really good job because there's no spoilers at this point. You you don't know who Angel is. Yep. You know? So I'm like, hmm, I might add this to my repertoire of mm-hmm. episodes to show people. And it's in the Buffy. first season, too, which is really cool yeah. to show people. Like, there are really, really good episodes in the first season. Yeah. And there's no spoilers when you show people this episode, true. too. Yeah. Like, there's no, like, oh, oops, uh, forget that if you want yeah. to watch the show over. Right. Okay, so... The first thing I have is when they're in the graveyard and Giles pops up and is basically like, all right, you spent too much time and energy and all this other stuff. It reminded me a lot um, of season three when Gwendolyn Post, the Faith's new watcher comes in and she's like Mm. sloppy and all this Mm. other stuff. She sounds a lot like what Giles sounds like in this episode. Mm. It's because he's really, um, what's the word? Stuffy. Yeah. And like very watcher-ish. He's very, he's very like uptight stuffy yeah. and like like i was trying to explain in the non-spoilers version without giving too many spoilers is like this is really the beginning of giles becoming the best watcher or the father figure or the father him. figure mm-hmm. exactly you see a lot and of so that like he stops being so by the book and yeah. just mm-hmm. starts being like giles well, and, and he just starts really, being there and he really understands that he's going to have to be a different kind of watcher to buffy because as we see later with kendra kendra is like Hey, like I've read every single book that there is. Yeah. She's very by the book. Yeah. Buffy's yeah. not. And yeah. so Giles. I think, and th- I think that's how he imagined his Slayer would be yeah, like. Right? And then he got Buffy and he was like, oh, she needs passion. Which, I mean, jumping to the end, she gets passion when she thinks that Owen died. And mm-hmm. I wrote that for spoilers because I was like, the reason why she's such a good Slayer is because she needs people around her to push her. She does a, such a good job because she has people she cares about. Yeah. So when people screw with them, she fights super well. Well, and and, yeah. and she also goes by instinct. Yeah. So Giles is telling her, he says, we all we feel our way through, mm-hmm. and it kind of is very much Buffy. She right. that's how she lives her mm-hmm. life, and because of that, she's such a good Slayer because she feels so and deeply. That's, and that's like, I mean, obviously, we'll talk about this later when we get to Kendra and Faith and mm-hmm. all of that. But um, it's very interesting how they chose to put two other Slayers in the show that are 
you know, they are supposed to kind of bring out the strengths of Buffy. Mm-hmm. And one of those is when she's with Kendra, it like shows that Buffy was not meant to be by the book. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so good is that she brought out the best version of Giles. Um, but she also is one of the best slayers because she lets her emotions kind of lead her. And she lets those, like, she follows yeah. her gut and, like, need trusts herself and has, like, instinct and, mm, yeah. like, kind of goes with the flow, which is why she's so adaptable and such a good slayer. Yeah. When she, you see her um, being very inventive, she rips off the chair for and grabs a, a stake from that. Mm-hmm. She uses the tree. She uses the yeah. symbol to, to behead someone, or that's not someone, a vampire. Yeah. And, <laughs> Some random someone. Not advocating for murder in the show. Um, and then, but she also is very close to her friends and yep. her friendships What is what also makes her another very powerful yeah. slayer. Well, it, it gives her a sense of people, humanity. And people also can speak into her mm-hmm. too. Like if you're someone like um, call her Kendra, out. yeah. Someone like Kendra who like is secluded, she doesn't even talk to her family. Yeah. Like she has no one who's going to tell her, hey, I need you to work on this. I need you to do this differently other than just like a watcher type of relationship. Yeah. yeah. I'd also like to mention that this is the first episode with the anointed. Which mm, the annoying one, the annoying one, but also <laughs> I lovingly, you calls kind him. of like you forget that he's kind of made out to be this super important character because he doesn't like, speak like at all. Well, because by the season. second season, like everyone's he's in one episode, he's in one episode, and Spike, Spike kills, kills him. him in like a well, second. Joss had written a bigger whole storyline for him and then realized he was growing. And if he's a vampire, he can't grow. That and honestly, in oh, all reality, that's weird. like for kids, yeah. in all reality. A child is not very scary on the show because they didn't have the graphics to make him very scary. They're not, but it's supposed mm. to be scary in the sense that something so innocent gets turned into a vampire. We haven't yeah. seen and we don't really see a vampire child in the show of Buffy except for the anointed one. You we see do an angel. angel. Mm-hmm. Yep. You and see that was really um, disturbing. What's the villain's name? Oh, yeah. The, oh, my um, gosh. What's his name? Yeah, I don't remember his name. The guy Angel has, turns all of his family, and yeah. his daughter ends up being... Yeah, a, Connor's pseudo-dad. Yes, he mm-hmm. says... I forget his name, though. Yeah, I don't remember either. Holt. Yes, yeah, and he throws yeah. her outside, and she burns. Yeah. But it's yeah. just, like... It's just very interesting, because when I go... I rewatch, and they, like, mention the anointed, and the anointed is mentioned all throughout the rest of the season, mm-hmm. and he's really nothing. Like, he really is just... It's very funny that they mm-hmm. make him to be this huge thing, and he just... Really wasn't. Yeah. Um, my other thing that I wrote down is at the end of the master's first scene when he's like, you know, getting mad at those vampires for not doing their jobs. At the very end of the scene, he says, here endeth the lesson. And that specific line is said three times in the show. So the master says it first. The second time it is said is by Spike in Fool for Love. He says, here endeth the lesson when he's talking to Buffy about how he kills two slayers. The third time it is used by Buffy herself in Showtime when she has all the potential slayers and the uber vamp is there and she kills Mm. the uber vamp. And says, oh, here cool ended scene. the lesson, which is a cool callback like to the, the master. master. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The that was really same. cool. Yeah. As she like dusts off the vampire dust from her hands. Oh, so cool. I love that episode. Um, I also wanted to bring up the scene where uh, Owen comes into the library <laughs> and then Giles is kind of like, oh, what are you doing here? Um, 
this kind of like idea is mentioned a couple times in the show where like no one comes into the library except mm-hmm. for like the Scooby gang. You forget that yeah. they're the only ones who you ever see in the library. You forget it's like a public library. But you kind of, it kind of makes sense. Like most people only go to, I think one of the only times you see people in the library is like the first day of school when they're checking out the books yeah. that they need, which totally makes sense. Like why else would you go to the library? Because mm-hmm. there's nowhere to study there. So like they're just going there to check out books. The master comes in, or not the master, um, the mayor. The mayor comes in mm-hmm. at one point. Power move. Yeah. You also have um, Snyder goes in there a lot. You see the police come in at one point yeah. in the end of season two with um with Faith, right? When Kendra dies. No, when Kendra dies. Oh, I wasn't there another time. I thought there was another time. No, I think that's the only time the police come in. But um, as far as like students, there's only like a few times that they come in, and yeah, one of the students. times is Jonathan <laughs> comes in around season two or three, and the gangs all just kind of like get out. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're like, kind of like you, Xander's like, "What are you doing here?" And he's like, "Um, this is a library." Yeah. I love Jonathan. Get your like, voice. Too. Yeah, it's very much like they kind of have this moment where it's like, "Dude, read the room. Like, uh-huh. we don't want you here." <laughs> Um, I wrote down, Buffy assumes Giles is sexist and he's really just against Americans. When he's they're talking about Emily Dickinson, he's like, oh, yeah, Emily Dickinson. He's like, she's very – she's a good author for uh, – and then she was like, a girl. And he was like, I was going to say American. <laughs> yeah. It reminded me of season three, the first episode, um, Dead Men's Party, when he's like, do you like my mask? Isn't it pretty? It raises the dead. Americans. <laughs> I love that scene. Oh my goodness. He's very British in this episode. Yeah. He's very snarky yeah. British. What I just, oh my goodness. I, just I love, love it. This is like one of my favorite sides of Giles is like his super snarky, sassy side. Mm-hmm. And I forget, you forget about it in the first season because you don't see it as mm-hmm. much. And this episode just made me so happy. It was like, oh, Giles is here. Yeah. Yep. I was going to say that we see a theme of Cordy trying to get like Buffy's men in the oh, show. Yeah, it's, it's true. It yeah. happens a ton or just people in general, like Faith mm-hmm. and Cordy, just like always trying to, mainly Angel, um, but even with like Owen in this episode. Yeah. Or, um, and I know you, we all know this, but mm-hmm. like when Angel comes in and she sees him for the first time, she says, Ooh, salty goodness. And mm. um, she actually says that an angel. Spin in the season bottle. four, it's season four, bottle. yeah. When she gets spin turned the bottle, into a and they all get turned into teenage themselves, like um, themselves as teenagers. Mm-hmm. Their mind kind of revert back to then, yeah. And as it, it's as if she sees Angel again for the first time, mm-hmm. and she says the same line. Yeah. So she's kind of cute. Like mm-hmm. if you weren't really paying attention in the first season, which I didn't until rewatching it again, and mm-hmm. you pointed it out, Sarah. But it's just cute that she says it mm-hmm. both times when she sees it. And the other thing is, she says. Pick up the phone, dial 911. Someone's going to need serious oxygen after I'm through with him, which is so funny because he's a vampire. Yeah. Does not need oh, air? Yeah. yeah. That's why I wrote it down too. It's like yeah. he he needs air, but like he doesn't because yeah. he's a vampire. That's funny. Yeah. He don't need you, Cordy. Yep. Um, I was going to say, I really liked how Buffy clearly has a type. She likes the dark, yep. broody dudes who are kind of attracted to death. Like a little darker. She likes her a little quieter. I wouldn't observers. say like attracted to death, but definitely have like a dark side to them. Yeah. Um, yeah. You see with Riley, you see with Angel, you see with Spike. Riley's yeah. not Owen. really dark though. But he Riley, he is. But Riley has a dark to it though. He has a dark side to him. Honestly, 
I mean, people are, may come at me for this, but like, <laughs> I see a lot of similarities between Owen and yes! Riley. Oh my <laughs> He's kind of like somewhere between Riley and Angel. Yeah. He's kind of well, like a happy medium. Yeah, Riley is the much more like kind of hidden version of Owen, I guess, because like he does have an adrenaline junkie side to him and you don't really see yeah. it for seasons. He's yes. a lot more like the sweet, quiet boy. Yeah. Um, I think Owen's a little bit darker than mm. Riley is. But yeah, there's definitely well, correlations. And, and then, you yeah. know, even with like they Parker. They look, look similar. <laughs> yeah, even with Parker talking about like, yeah, you know, his, dad's his dad dad died yeah. and all that stuff. Like, Buffy's kind of attracted to these guys. But I think the reason because of that is because Buffy has a darkness in her. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So it's not just like a, ooh, like they're dark. It's like yeah. she wants something to relate to. Yeah. And I feel she like she can't if, relate to someone yeah. who's purely human. Yeah, I feel like if someone was just like so, you know, surface level mm-hmm. Puffy wouldn't be able to relate because she's like I go yeah. through hell every Which day is why she's never thought about Xander like yeah. that ever in her yeah. life yeah um, I also had when she's dancing with Owen she says almost feel like a girl but when yeah. she was uh-huh. with Angel she says I feel like a girl that's true I wrote that down too I was and like I will hmm. remember you episode interesting the difference yeah. yeah she says this is the first time that I feel like a normal girl and I think yeah. that is what we see Buffy very definite sentence well I think that's so what bad. she wants she wants yeah. to feel like a normal girl she yeah. doesn't want to be a slayer she doesn't want all of that stuff that comes with it she's only doing it because mm. this is her calling yeah and i mean like we've talked about before the the season's like theme is acceptance mm-hmm. and that mainly comes with buffy you know she really does not accept being the slayer until after prophecy mm-hmm. girl yeah. um or during prophecy girl i should say because i mean obviously you totally understand but like this episode is one of those really big examples of it is like giles keeps fighting her on it and he's mm-hmm. like dude like you know i had to accept who i was which Mm -hmm. is a watcher and he's trying to tell her like you have to accept who you are Mm -hmm. you know and it's like you have a responsibility yeah they kind of had this head clashing and like obviously he does it in a perfect loving way but like it's just it's very interesting like you know you're slowly starting to see her realize and i think her you know ditching owen for lack of a better word was like the very start of her starting to choose to you know start to become more of a slayer than more of a girl. Mm -hmm. She made her first sacrifice, like I said, in the Mm -hmm. non-spoiler portion. But yeah, it's her first big sacrifice. She Mm -hmm. had to think outside of just what's happening right now in her life. Mm -hmm. She had to think of the big picture. Well, and we see time and time again when Buffy accepts her calling is when she sees how it negatively impacts people well, when she, she doesn't. Well, she has huge decisions, too, with yeah. Angel, with Dawn. Like, so many decisions mm-hmm. she's had to make. She had to try to kill Anya. Mm-hmm. And it really comes down to the people around her are what caused her to keep fighting and moving forward. Yep. Um, and then one of the things that I want to talk about in the bronze, too, was um, when Buffy finally realizes that, you know, they're talking about going to the funeral home because of vampires she turns and looks at Angel and says, bite, bite me. me. Yep. So, like, obviously, I don't, it's, she's not really referring to it. I think it could be taken in a way as, like, kind mm-hmm. of a reference that, like, oh, you're going to find out of, who he is soon. They, the writers probably knew he was going to be There are a lot a of hints in point. here. Because there's just, two episodes uh, episodes until Angel. Yeah. Um, I also wrote down foreshadowing Angel, obviously, but then she also says, bite me in season three, helpless to yeah. the Watcher's Council. Mm-hmm. And she says, bite me. And I think that like that this first time was more of just like, ah, darn it. And then that time was just like, get out of my face. Yep. You're controlling yep. me. Yep. I can't be controlled. Oh, it's interesting. Um, I had something for the end where 
right? When she kills the vampire who they think is the anointed and Giles comes up to her and he like, he's very like Mm -hmm. solemn and he's like about to tell her something like really like deep and she can tell what he's about to say. And Sarah pointed this out to me um, a couple weeks ago when we were watching Buffy, Mm -hmm. but every time someone's about to tell someone, like Buffy something really serious and she doesn't yeah painful she doesn't want to hear it or she understands what they're trying to say she's trying to save herself from like hearing it she puts her hand up in order to like stop them from talking and then she breathes and then she makes a fist with her she closes her hand almost like she's holding that negative thought yeah and just like I'm not gonna think about it but I also think it's a way of like kind of protecting protecting herself because you see it the most with like Angel. angel because I think it's like obviously anything that Angel says negatively like is hurts her hurts her like mm-hmm. the most yeah obviously because i mean that's what you can see in the show but like so it's interesting that you pointed that out because like it is true like and if you watch for it like throughout most of the episodes when she gets like hard information or when she's about to you just see her just like almost brace herself but also just be like please well, not like that don't. but i guarantee you she's such an observer too she already knows all of this in her head mm-hmm. so when someone's about to say it, she's like please like i, I already know this like it's gonna yeah. hurt me if you have to say it too or i just need time to sit and process yeah. it i don't need a, yet another person coming at me lecturing into me yeah you are a slayer you need to be responsible and she's I, like i get it i definitely have noticed it but not like really noticed that she does it a bunch until mm-hmm. sarah pointed it out and this is the first episode in ever that she's done it. Mm-hmm. So as listeners, if you're out there, like watch for her doing it for mm-hmm. the rest of the show. She does it a bunch. Mm-hmm. Not a bunch, but does it definitely in the moments that are really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I've, I've watched other shows too. Like I don't, this is kind of hopping on, but, um, another show that Alice Nanigan is in, How I Much Mother. Mm-hmm. Um, Ted in that show, every time, that he, there's a sweet moment with like the girlfriend he's with. He, this only happens with the ones that he really cares about. He puts his hand over his heart. Yeah. And he like, it's kind of like a, oh, like, like my heart's so warm. Mm-hmm. He does it a lot. So it's just really sweet when like certain um, actors do that for their role. They kind of like have a certain thing they do that kind of signifies how they're feeling mm-hmm. in deep moments. Yeah. And then I, I also wanted to completely hopping off that train, you know, getting into the later moment, but like, uh, we mentioned that Joyce is not in this episode, but mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you guys, what do you guys think Dawn would be doing? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. She'd um, probably be like crapping on the fact that she's going on a date. She'd probably make fun of him. She'd be like, oh my gosh, she reads. Yes. <laughs> she'd, be, she'd be like sitting on Buffy's bed going through her stuff as Buffy's trying on dresses going, um, you look like, uh, you know, whatever. Yeah. She'd be like, can I have yeah. that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Probably stealing some of her stuff. She'd be really young at this point. She'd probably be in junior high. Mm-hmm. Probably be admiring Xander. Be like, Xander, <laughs> that's <Tiffany."> true. <laughs> yeah, she'd be like 10 at this point. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah she'd be following Buffy downstairs and then um, Buffy would be like, don't tell mom or go to bed. Don't tell mom I'm out or something. Yeah. She'd, be, she'd have to be watching Dawn and she's sneaking out to go on a date. Yeah. Yep. So funny. Yeah, thanks, Leah, for reminding us. Yeah, yeah. we should do a what would Dawn do section. Yeah, what fun. would Dawn be doing? I think that's everything. Do you guys have anything else? No, that was pretty much all I had. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks, guys, for listening. And hopefully you got some stuff out of this. If there's anything that we missed or if there's anything that you guys would like to add on, feel free to email us or message us on Instagram. Becoming Buffy Podcast is our Instagram handle and Becoming Buffy Podcast at gmail.com is our email mm-hmm. address. Next week is the pack. So if you have anything Ooh. about that, yep. then email us or message us on instagram yeah with that thanks again you guys and we will talk to you soon bye